0: Amen. 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 I'm going to ask you, if you would, to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It'll take me a little bit to get to the verse. That's where, where I'm going to have you read. I think everything else will be on the screen. This is the sixth week and the final week of the series that we've been doing, Making Room for More. And as you know, uh, in that series, if you've been here with us during that period of time, it's based out of Isaiah 54. That was the initial Passage that we use to kind of launch the series off, uh, and it's a passage that actually speaks to the nation of Israel. They had not yet went into exile. They were going to go into exile. Obviously, there was a lot of concern about them losing their heritage and uh, their name and their identity, etc. And also at that same time, there was more people uh, that was actually worshiping idol gods than the God of faith and the God that we that we put our faith in. And so the Lord told them in Isaiah 54 that they were going to go through that season, but when they were going to come out of that. And the coming out of that was part of the restoration that was going to take place during the messianic age when Jesus comes. He also let them know that there would be more of them. In our case, I would say more of us uh, than of those who don't um, acknowledge God. So he said to them that now you may seem like a small people. And not many of you, but I want you to enlarge your tent, to stretch out your tent pegs, strengthen those cords, because you're going to grow. You're going to grow in number, and we know, obviously, the kingdom of God has come with force, and uh, God has certainly multiplied those who believe in Him and trust in Him throughout the, throughout the world. We use that message as or uh, that those passages to help us understand what God wants to do even in our own life to uh, enlarge us and expand us, and we just just uh, embrace the capacity of who God is calling us to be individually through His saving work through the work of the cross. So we talked a lot about personal stuff, of of becoming who we are. And then we spent a couple of weeks talking about more of what God is doing in our church, in our city, in our community, and what it means to enlarge uh, in that area. And we've seen that, obviously, in personal. I certainly sense it in the life of people among our fellowship, and we certainly see it in the, in the growth and the expansion of the church. There was a message that I was going to do that was kind of scheduled two or three weeks ago that uh, when we met with the team and started going over things, I just kept pushing it off and pushing off, pushing off. And, uh, and now I'm on the last week and I still don't feel that that I had prepared. I, I, I'm going to use one of the passages, but I just have more of a more of a burden to just share with you on a, on a level of concerning your life. I, I guess the best way to say this is that I, I, I want to talk about you. Turn to your neighbor and say he's going to talk about you. I want to talk about you. I'm not going to talk about your business because I don't know your business. A matter of fact, I don't know much about many of you because as uh, far as I know, you're, you're the best people in the planet. You're the best people in Yuma. Your life is great. God is good and you keep loving life and everything goes wonderful. And uh, because of that, I don't know nothing about you, but I'm going to get into your mess today. I'm going to jump all in your Kool-Aid. Is that all right? And let me, let me, just, let me just tell you why. You know, we... we we, we believe that God makes a big deal of the local church in, in the scriptures. We believe it's a big deal to God. And so we believe it's a big deal to us. Uh, the local church is a place where people gather week after week, uh, multiple times during, during the week possibly. People gather to worship together. They gather to learn the word. They gather to be in fellowship and be in community. It's, it's, it's the family gathering week after week. And it's important. And I know there's just, you know, such a move of people, uh, you know, watching church online. And, and I get why, why that's available. I understand how some people, for some people, they, they need that. And maybe it's important. But we also have just groups of people who don't believe as Christians that you have to go to church at all. But that really cuts, cuts, cuts into the contrary to what the scripture says. The, the local church is a big deal. It's a big deal to God. It should be a big deal to us. Church, coming to church, gathering is not something that we do because we was raised to do it or we got 75 minutes on Sunday morning that we can go in there and listen to this guy holler at us and all of that kind of nonsense and call it a day. It's a big deal to God because that's, the local church is what God is using to influence the world. It's through the, the local church. Am I—y'all am I, doing all right out there? It's through the, it's through the, local, through the, through the local church. And, and so we, we, we believe that one of our values, of course, is the church is a big deal, but we believe this is one of the places where God helps people that are far from God find life in Christ. We believe that happens in, in these kind of gatherings. It's not the only place, but it's certainly a place where the gospel is preached, the word of God is brought forth, the cross is brought to relevance in our life the work of the spirit of god the presence of god and and that is our desire is that people will go the people that are far from god will find life in christ if you if you if you're not in a place where you understand why you were created why you were born what god's intent for your life if you're at a place where you know about god and maybe know about jesus but haven't really embrace what God has to offer, then we want to, that's our purpose. Our mission is to see you. The vision is to see you that are far from God, find life in Christ. This is what I know. This is what the scripture teaches us. This is what many of us here have already discovered. When your life is not in alignment with God, when you are not walking in the manner that God wants you and living in the way that God has purposed, you'll go down roads of life that can lead to some real bad stuff. You'll go, down, you'll go down alleys and highways and byways and, and life will take you in some ways that's counter to what God wants. It is a fact that God wants good for us. It is a fact that God wants us to experience life for eternity. It is a fact that God wants us to be in right relationship with him. He created us. He knows us. He knows every one of us better than anybody else. Listen, I don't know anybody that knows the number of hairs on my head. But the Bible says God does. So I'm telling you, if he knows how many hairs on my head, and listen, at my age, they've fallen out all the time. And if he can keep up with all that, then how can I not trust him with the very deep things of my life? He knows me that well. Can you say amen? And so the scripture talks about this. It's a very common verse. You've probably heard it many times. It's in Proverbs uh, twenty nine eighteen. 18. And, and, and the, scriptures, the, the scripture says, says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. There's another translation that says this, where there is no prophetic revelation of God, people run wild. Where there's no prophetic revelation of God, people run wild. Wild. When there is not an understanding of what God is doing in your life, if there's not a vision of what God wants, then another translation says people cast off restraint. I believe on the screen will be this one, and I want you to... This is the message. It, it only Not that I give a whole lot of weight to the message, but every now and then it will speak in a vernacular that I think we can understand. And this one is good. It says, if people can't see what God is doing... They stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what God reveals, they are the most blessed. Now that says it really clear. If people cannot see what God is doing, if they don't see what God is doing in their life, you're going to stumble all over. You're going to live in a life of darkness. Darkness doesn't have to mean gross evil, but, but you're living without the light. Without the light of God, without the light of Christ, without a path that's lit for you, you're living in a manner where you're just you're just determining what you believe is best. But the one that's blessed is the one that sees what God is doing in their life, and they embrace that, and they want to walk in that light, and they want to walk in those principles that God has laid out for them. You know, there is something greater uh, in your life than the mess that you're walking toward. There's something greater. And it's what God has for you. If you've been here any length of time, week, two weeks, you've heard us talk about what we believe the win is for people's life, what the touchdown is. What is it that we believe God wants you to embrace? And it's four things that we we say. One is to know God. We believe it's God's desire for everyone to know him, to know God. In knowing God, then you find that freedom. Freedom to live the life that's uh, um, free of restrictions and free of restraints and free of sin and free of those obstacles uh, that can come in life without the ability to navigate through it because we have the Lord. Knowing God, finding freedom. As you find that freedom, then you really find out. You discover purpose. You know what what God wants for your life. And as you discover that purpose, you find out and you see that not only did God have a plan for your life, But God has a plan for your life in the life of others where you can make a difference in other people's life. That's the touchdown. That's the win. That's heading toward what God wants. I heard a wonderful story on making a difference uh, this week. There's a pastor in in the church is called Harvest Church, I believe, in Riverside. It was a Calvary Chapel. Pastor's name is Greg Laurie. Greg Laurie got saved during the Jesus Movement. He was actually 17 years old when he gave his life to Christ. At 19, he was pastor, and he had volunteered to take a church in Riverside that needed a pastor. 19 years, he's 65 now, so he's been at that church, what, 40, 46 years. Great church, and many people have been affected by the life of Greg Laurie. Well, I was just happened to be listening to his show when I was driving around, one of those rare times that I was able to catch it when it was on the radio. And a gentleman called in, uh, this was just Friday, a gentleman called in by the name of Dave. And Dave said, I, I just, I just want to just share something about uh, Pastor, Pastor Greg Laurie. He says, in 1993, uh, I was, had some addictions, and he talked about what those were. He said, I was married uh, we, my wife and I had just lost our two children to Child Protective Services. We were standing on the side of a road in Riverside holding up uh, the proverbial sign, We'll Work for Food. He said, he said, This gentleman stopped by at the time. He didn't know it was Greg Laurie. A gentleman stopped by and asked him a few questions and says, You know, you, do, you don't have to live this way. This is not how God designed for you to live. He gave him the church address. He says, I want you to go down to this church and you ask for this man. And uh, that man will pray, pray with you and talk you through some things. And sure enough, he did. They, he, uh, pastor Greg later on said it's very rare that people actually do show up. A lot of times, you know, people have the signs and they just want to keep their signs. And, but this gentleman actually went down, him and his wife, met with one of the pastors there. The pastor led them led to Christ. Soon after they were baptized, within a week, someone from the church actually had a, a room that him and his wife could stay in. Within six weeks, the gentleman said he was able to get placed into a job by someone in the church helping him get a job. And uh, this was Friday. He said, it's been 25 years and I'm still working at that job. He went on to talk about his life in the church of course he served there he was there at uh harvest church for a while and then because of his job he moved to either apple valley or Hesperia. but has been working and serving in the church where he is now he says i've been doing that as a volunteer for many many years and he says i'm able now to do the same thing for other people that pastor greg Laurie done for me and i love those kind of stories because he's saying i'm now making a difference i know god I found freedom. I discovered my purpose and I'm making a difference. What the guy didn't know is that Pastor Greg Laurie was in the studio and, on the, and they're listening. And the, 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 the moderator says, well, what would you tell Pastor Greg Laurie if, he was, if you could talk to him? He said, oh, man, if I ever could talk to him, I would just tell him thank you. And he probably doesn't remember me, but he made a difference in my life. And then the guy said, well, he's ha- actually right here in the studio right now. And he was a little shocked by that. But, but here's, here is the point. God has made a way for us to know him, to find freedom, discover our purpose, and make a difference in people's life. That's the win. That's the touchdown. That's what we are here to help people do and help you do. But, but I want to tell you something about the counter to that. Because that's the message, I believe, of the scripture. I believe that's, the, that's obviously the message of us, what we proclaim here. But there's another message that the world has. The world has a total opposite Message of what God has for your life. We talked about already, if you understand prophetic revelation, what God is speaking to your life, then you'd be blessed if you follow the path that God gives you. But there's 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 an enemy out there. There's Pastor Juan talked about it, people that want to sabotage your life. There's media out there that has plans for you. There's college professors that have plans for you. Maybe, God forbid, there's some parents that have plans for you, or a spouse that has plans for you, or parents that have plans for you. That's not the same as what God's is. And and we could follow that plan and end up in a whole different place. For example, again, we believe it's God's heart for you to know God, but the worldly mission is for you to know me, for you to fall into meism, and become very self-centered. That's the ap- opposite of knowing God. God's plan is for you to find freedom, but the world has a plan for you, and that's to find fame. God's plan is for you to discover your purpose. The world has a plan for you, not to discover a platform and a place where you can be you and declare who you are and shout it out loud. God has a plan for you to make a difference. The world has a plan for you to make money. It's totally opposite of what God has for us. And, and let me tell you something, all of those things, and listen, there's a lot of good things you can do in life without God. There's a lot of things that you can obtain. But can I just tell you something? Do you recognize that all of that stuff is going to burn? Do you know it's going I, I, I to burn? I hate to tell you this, but your house is going to burn up. It's, it's lovely. It's love. Some of y'all's houses I've been in, great. You cook good too. You know your car is going to burn up? You know your money's going to burn up? Do, do you know the scripture tells us that there's going to be a day when God going to blow this place up? I'm just telling you ahead of time. You're going hold on to it all you want to. You're going to go right up with it. <laughs> Sofa. But what we do for the Lord lasts. It lasts because we find out in this life that it's not a matter of the things that I want to hold on to and create and make that really bring me to the place of peace and happiness and joy. But it's what God has provided for me that no one can take away, that is never lost, that doesn't rust, that doesn't decay. That's the touchdown of my life. Am I talking to the right church? So with that, I want to share with you just a verse and I'm not, I'm not going to hold you, hold you long at all. But you've turned to Second Corinthians chapter 6, and, and just to give a little bit of preface to where that, what that scripture is talking about, in, in the latter part of chapter 5, Paul was talking to the church in Corinth and talking to the believers, and he's letting us know that God has done some amazing things in our life, that he's brought us out of darkness and into a marvelous light, and God has made us new people, new creations in Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, the words that he uses, that we are now ambassadors of Christ that we're now ambassadors. He's taken us from a place where we, where, we, where we cannot accomplish the things of God and his purpose and put us in a place where not only can we accomplish those, but he can use us. He can use us to also help others be reconciled unto God. Because of being ambassadors, or should I say, because of being reconciled to God, the scripture says we have the righteousness of God. The righteousness of the Lord is now ours. We've been declared righteous. We've been declared holy. We've been declared saints by what God has done. And so Paul says that, and then he says this in verse number one of chapter six. Now, I want you to understand this. He makes a straightforward statement. Since we're now in Christ Jesus, since we belong to him, verse number one says this. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. I just want to pause there for just a moment because I want to remind you what Paul told them. Paul told them because of the grace of God, you are now born again. Paul told them because of what Jesus, the gift of life that we receive from Christ, we're now ambassadors. We now have the righteousness. We have the gift of God upon our life. We're now declared righteous. We have eternal life. We've been washed by the blood of the lamb. We belong to him. He says that's a great gift. That's not anything that we can earn. That's not anything that we could have worked up. That's not anything we could have bargained for. We couldn't have traded for it. We, didn't make it. we didn't have enough stock. We didn't have enough money in our bank account. We didn't have enough worldly goods that we could trade for that. Nothing we could have done and got that. That was a gift of God. And this is what Paul says. Since we've received that great gift, catch this, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. If that's the gift that you've received from the Lord, then don't ignore it and he goes on to say for god says at just the right time i heard you at just the right time now i know i'm not the only one listen i don't know anybody that ever came to jesus and went to the lord and said lord i got my life all together everything is working great i really don't need you but but hey since you're here and i'm here here i am I don't know anybody that did that. As a matter of fact, I don't know anybody who didn't come to the Lord that didn't cry out to him when they knew they needed a savior. You come to the Lord because you need his help. And he said this, he talked about those, he says don't ignore it because listen to this. He says, for God says, at just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Can you say amen? This is the right time. This is the time of God's favor. And what I want to talk about is not ignoring this. I'm just going to take the next 15 minutes and just share a few things with you. Since you get it, you understand that it was God's gift that's brought you to this place. You were far from God. You're finding life in Christ or have found life in Christ. I want to just share with you, let's not ignore what God has done. And let's make some, some great follow-through steps on what it means to live this life out, to be those ambassadors where we can have an impact in our city and impact in the lives of our families and, and, and be relevant and see people every week come to this place or your home and our small groups, et cetera, and continue to grow in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm just gonna give you four things because there's four things I believe it's time to do. One is it's time to commit your whole life to God, your whole life to God. I'm, I'm talking more than just making a confession of faith. I'm talking more than just saying, you know, I believe Jesus died for my sins, and, 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 and I'm gonna add that to my life story. I'm gonna add that to my little attache. I'm gonna add that to, to my resume. I'm, I'm talking about being all in, recognizing because of what God has done, you don't wanna ignore it, that you wanna be all in that this is not like a dating relationship. Many of you have been through dating relationships. Some of you have been on the bad end of the dating relationships. I have, I have overseen couples all the way up until the time, it was the day before the wedding, and they got called off. And you know why? Because there was no commitment there. Now listen, let me tell you what they done. Some of them, some of them bought houses together, had children together, but never made a commitment. And as long as there wasn't a commitment made, somebody could call that thing off at any moment. And I think many of us might enter into a relationship with Jesus kind of like a dating relationship. As long as things are going good and I'm getting something out of it and I'm experiencing something that Jesus wants to do in my life, then hey, I'm all good. But if something goes wrong and I don't, it didn't quite work out the way I want. I didn't get it the way that it, it didn't happen the way I want. Then, then uh, you know, I'm uh, I, I got to figure this out on my own. That's not what God is calling us to do. God is calling us to be all in. Turn to your name and say all in. All in. Commit our whole life. To him. Listen, there's a couple of passages that I think you'll you'll understand. Oftentimes we quote the verse in Jeremiah 20 and 11 when it says, The Lord says, I have plans for you. It's of a future and of a hope. It's not of a disaster, etc. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. But sometimes we don't read down two more verses of Jeremiah 29, 13, which is a which is a contingency of that promise. Listen to this. It says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart that's all in that's commitment that's, that's giving my whole self my whole life to the Lord this is the promise that Jesus makes in Revelation 3 20 behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come into him and eat with him and he with me listen to what Jesus is saying I'm knocking I want to be fully in your life I just need you to make the commitment to let me in I want to do life with you. I want to guide you. I want to protect you. I want to provide for you. I want to love you like you've never been loved. I want you to see life in a manner that you've never seen it. But he says, I just need you to open up and let me in, to be all in. Let Jesus in. And that's in, that's in every sense. And listen, I, I'll repeat this again as I did last week. That, that includes even water baptism. I know many people have given their life to Christ or made a profession of faith and then they, and they say they're not ready to be baptized. Can I ask you? Why not? Why not? If you've given your life to the Lord, then, then, then here is what the scripture tells us to do. We make that public confession of faith like we saw this young lady this morning saying, listen, I'm all in. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not hiding, I'm not doing it sneaky, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I belong to Jesus. I hear what the scripture says. Disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ are baptized. It's good to be all in. Well, you say, well, well I'm, I'm not ready. Well, we ready. We ready, we got a pool. We got water. We keep it clean. We even got a heater on that bad boy. I mean, it's, it's warm. And if you want bubbles, we'll get you bubbles. I mean, we'll, we'll do what you need. We're ready. We got a towel. We got robes. I mean, we're ready. Jesus is ready. How about you? Are you ready to commit your life to the Lord? You say, well, I don't want to get my hair wet. I got a, I got a lunch date. Come on now. Jesus stood on the cross hanging as a bloody mess for you. A bloody mess. Y'all know, no, we're we're ready for you, and Jesus is ready for you. Commit. Give your life to him. Be be all in. Y'all all right? Second thing is this. It's time to surround yourself with right relationships. Right relationships. It's important who you surround yourself with. Let me tell you something. Association brings assimilation. It's important for you to be around folks that have the same values as you have the same desires of a spiritual life. People that don't mind coming alongside helping you in the process of your growth. People that you trust to speak into your life and hold you accountable and, and maybe even people sometimes that, that tell you some strong stuff for the sake of what God is doing in your life. It's that important. It's that critical. Good relationships are good. People, we, we, and we provide those in our uh, CLGs, our city life groups, our small groups where people come together week after week. They share meals together. They fellowship together. They help each other grow. Some of our best friends are the people that are in my in my small group because that's what life is designed for. It's designed for good community and good relationships. And people that aren't on the same page as you, I'm telling you, you need to work it out. If you in a dating relationship, I don't believe in no evangelistic dating I don't believe in it I don't believe in you know well pastor he you know he's not he's not a Christian yet but he's getting closer and I'm working on him well, well, well dump that booger until he gets there and then pick up things after I, 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 listen, you need to be in good, healthy relationships where people got the same mindset, same heart, going the same direction as you. Am I, am I talking to the right church, y'all? Y'all doing all right? Listen, I, I, I was a lot easier on the 9 o'clock, but y'all, 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 y'all called for it. Y'all wanted me to preach, so I'm preaching. And so he, here's, here's, here's what the scripture says. Listen to this. Proverbs thirteen twenty. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. It's time to get in some right relationships. Here's the third thing. It's time to discover your God-given purpose. Do you, do you know why you're here? Do you know what God wants? I'm I, 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 Listen, from the scriptures, I'm pretty convinced that before you were a you, God had a thing for you to do. Before you were a you, God had a thing for you to do. Ephesians 2.10 tells us, after we come and surrender our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, then we begin to do the things that he prepared for us beforehand. Before we're even born, we start to do those things, live those things out. Brian read the passage this morning. It's Psalm 139, 16. Listen, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And many of us, I I get it. Listen, many of us in life we can be heading to San Diego and somehow or another get on the freeway heading to Phoenix. And we might get to Welton and we might get to Dateland and, and think we're going the right road and we're getting further and further from where God wants us to be. But I'm telling you, God is able to make a U-turn in our life and get us on the right track. He's the God that masters getting us from here to there. We might take some rough roads along the way. We might take some rough roads and some detours and run into some obstacles and flip vehicles and all kinds of things, but I'm telling you, you trust God, he will get you in the right direction and you can discover what God has for your life. And his plans and purposes are the best. Listen, Proverbs 19:21. it says, many are the plans in the mind of a man. Many are the plans in the mind of a man But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. God's purpose is the purpose that's going to stand. Can you say amen? And here's the last one, and we'll wrap up with this. It's time for you to live life for what really matters. Live life for what really matters. Now, I'm going to say this again. There's a lot of good things that we do that's effective and efficient, and it's, it's a joy. A lot of things in life that we do that's great. But but I'm, I'm going to tell you, if you read the scriptures, I think you'll boil it down to three things that really should be the focus of our life, what really matters. And the first one is God. God does matter. Listen, I'm here to tell you, you will, one of these days, have a face-to-face encounter with him. You're going to have a face-to-face encounter with him. And it matters. It matters how you have responded to what God has trusted your life with. God matters. And he has designed things so that you'll have an understanding of him and realize what it is that he wants for you. Listen to, this is Acts chapter 17. This is Mars Hill uh, in, in Athens. Paul was before the council there and he addressed him. He said, men of Athens, I notice that you're very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines and one of your altars had this inscription on it to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Listen, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve his needs for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need. Listen, from one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations, the people of the nations. This word here is ethnos, nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he's not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and we exist. It's in God. God matters. Discovering God, it matters. Knowing God, it matters. It's important for us to be on that track and on that mission to know God. The second thing that I think you'll find out that matters to God is people. People matter. Do you know every one of us was born with a value? Now, I know the world can put all kinds of labels on us and ostracize and discrimination and all kinds of things. I get that. The world can do that. But that's not how God designed us. That's not how God created us. People matter. Listen to me. Everybody whose eyes you look into is someone Jesus died on that cross for. Everybody whose eyes you look into, people matter. People have value. And and it's up to us to to have the understanding that since people matter to God, we need to live a life that matters. And that means having the value on people for their life's sake story in, in, uh, in, I believe part of this will be on the screen, in John chapter 4. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, I believe, but I know he made a stop in Samaria. Samaritans were people that the Jewish people didn't really have any care for. Uh, they were kind of mixed up religious-wise. Many of them were worshiping idol gods and not recognizing the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, etc. And um, they were people that was actually, by the Jewish people, was even called dogs. They just had a bad connotation toward them, but they had to go through Samaria. They stop at Samaria. The scripture says Jesus was tired or hungry and, and uh, they come to a well. Once they realized that Jesus wanted something to eat, the disciples decide to go off and get food. A woman comes to that well. And this woman is a Samaritan woman. She ends up giving Jesus water. Jesus gave her a great message about the water of life. That if you'd ask me for water, I'll give you water. Well, you'll never thirst again. It's the water of life. He declares to her in so many ways, and she gets it, that he's the Messiah. The one that they've been waiting for. This is, this is him. She gets so excited about it that she runs into the town to tell the other people that she's found the Messiah. He's out there at the well. Come, hear what this man says. He is the Messiah. He's told me everything about my life. This is the one that people have been waiting for. The disciples come back. And they see Jesus was talking, uh, talking to this woman, and they began to lay out the food. And they, and, and they say to Jesus, it's time to eat. And Jesus says, I, uh, food is not on my agenda right now. That's really not that important to me. He says, but doing the will of the Father is. And they said, what does that mean? Does he, has somebody fed him? And then Jesus says this, and I believe this will be on the screen. He says, I want you to look up. He says, you said there's four months, then comes a harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. And this is what Jesus is pointing them to. Look at all of these people that's coming from this town that you consider dogs, that you don't want to have anything to do with. You don't even want to talk to that woman. As a matter of fact, if you'd have been here, you wouldn't have talked to that woman. But Jesus is saying, let me tell you something, people matter and the condition that people's lives in, we want to help people that are far from God find life in Christ because we are concerned about people because God created people to know him. Am I talking to the right church? People matter. And here's the last thing. Team can come. And probably they're all important, but certainly this sums it all up. Eternity matters. Eternity matters. We can live this life every day and live in a confusion of what's next, what happens after this. Now, let me tell you, we don't always, we're not always conscious that we're living that way of the what's next or what happens after this. But everything that we wanna do in this life is preparing for us to be here forever. But that's never was God's plan. God's plan was for man to live with him for all eternity. Eternity matters. And we can go various roads in life and various courses of life. But here's the heart of the Lord. Here's my heart. That you come to the place to recognize it's not about what's happening right now. It's about what God can do for me right now for the rest of my life. Story in the scriptures, and, and I'll wrap up with this one, is Jesus, as you know, was, was taken to a cross. Been convicted by the Romans and the Jews and taken to a cross. And when they, when they set up that cross, they put two criminals alongside of him not you my high criminals none of us go to jail talking about criminals in the bible put two criminals alongside of one of the criminals started mocking he said he said to jesus oh so you why don't you save us you can't even save yourself you're the messiah you're this great one why don't you show it why don't you prove it why don't you save us now listen the man wasn't concerned about being saved for the standpoint of him having a relationship with God the man was concerned about getting off the cross so he can continue to do the life that he was doing before he was more concerned about why don't you just fix this so I can go back to doing who I am but the other criminal the scripture says he said to that guy why are you saying this to him we've lived the life that we live and we deserve everything coming to us we deserve it This man has done nothing. And this is what he realized. Surely, and I want you to catch this. Surely, Jesus could have delivered them off that cross right there because of who he was. Surely he could have. But this is what the man came to the conclusion. It's not what Jesus can do for me right now in this moment, in this situation, so I can keep doing life the way that I was doing. This is what the man realized. There is a greater life beyond this. There's a greater hope beyond this. There's something more prepared for me than this. And he said to Jesus, he said to him, Lord, when you go into your kingdom, will you remember me? And, and Jesus' response was, this day you will be with me in paradise why did he say that because even jesus knew eternity matters the man knew eternity matters get this church god matters people matter but i'm here to tell you eternity matters and you gotta know if if you walk out of here today and take your last breath do you know what's next do you know what's up do you know what's happening do you know do you know the situation you would be in i'm here to tell you that can be a settled issue that can be a settled issue right now. If you put your absolute trust in the God who's given you life with a real purpose and a real hope for you living forever with him. Everybody stand if you would. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to comment. I'm just going to make a, just one simple appeal. I'll pray over all these matters, but i just make a simple appeal to close this service out. There'll be some people here praying for you at the altar. I'm going to ask you for a moment, if you don't mind, just bow on your heads and close your eyes. We're going to, we're going to do a final prayer. And I just want you to hear me. I know many people here have already made a confession of faith. And, and, and I want you to pray now for these that I'm going to talk to. There may be somebody here that you haven't come to that place yet but you got it today. You may not be doing the same things as thief and may not be in the same situation that he's in, but you recognize any deliverance you get from this life and this life only to keep living the life you're living is still going to end up in the same spot. I'm trusting that you're understanding that Jesus is saying he has a place for you for eternity. It is a place that he's provided through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. and. It's a place of peace. It's a place of joy. It's a place of hope. It's a place of love. It's something that cannot be taken away, no matter how this life ends. And it matters because you're going to face God. That matters. And when you face him, eternity is going to matter. If you're here today and, and, and you want to make that confession of faith, you want to you be all in. You want to give yourself wholeheartedly to him. You want to make that decision today? I'm just going to count to three. You can lift your hand. I'm going to see you, acknowledge you, give you some instructions on what to do, and then we'll pray. But on the count of three, if that's you, you say, I, I get it. Eternity matters. I, I don't want to keep going down this road and not know where it's going to go, not where it's going to end up. And some, some of you know where it's going to end up. And you say today, I want to make that decision to give my life to the Lord. I want to be, I want to be all in. On the count of three, just lift your hand. One, two, three. Three, just lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, mother. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. Let me just tell Yeah, Yeah, let's just celebrate that. Let me tell each one of you. We're going to close this out in a minute. You're going to have an opportunity to come up here. There's going to be some dear people to pray with you. Whatever that need, whatever uh, uh, your response is, you can come. They'll pray with you. The other thing you can also do Is on your way out in the breezeway, there's going to be a place there called Next Steps. You can go to that table. There'll be somebody there. You can let them know you made a commitment to Christ. They'll help you fill out a connect card. We'll follow up with you to make sure that you get the proper instructions you need to help you grow in this life. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for others. We're going to close out. The altar's going to be open. You may want to come up for prayer and ask the Lord for for healing and health or uh, maybe let one of these dear people know you want to be baptized or Whatever the need is, maybe you just want somebody to pray with you for strength and confidence and courage. But we're going to give you that opportunity. We're going to continue to worship those of you that need to go, can go. But uh, we're going to believe that God has done some great things in the house today. Let's just go before him. Father, we thank you for this word, this message. We thank you for this opportunity to share what you've placed on our heart. Lord, we realize that you are an awesome and amazing God that can do beyond what we ask or think I don't know entirely what you've done in the life of everyone gathered here today, but this is what I do know. Is that someone, Lord God, heard you call them to a life of faith and they respond. Somebody, Lord God, heard you speak to them and they're going to make some changes. They're going to make some adjustments in their life. Somebody heard you, Lord God, and they recognize they're not doing the things that you want them to do, but you've given them all the ability to do it and they're, they're making that commitment. And I thank you for all of that. I pray, Lord God, that you be with us all from here to our various places, various homes. Pray, Lord God, you be with us this week in our gathering of our small groups and family life. And Lord, help us have an impact upon this community. Those that made that commitment of faith, Lord God, let this be the first day of the best day of the rest of their life. And Lord, we thank you for being a good and great and awesome God. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. May the people of God say amen. Amen. All-